tonight I want to stay continue talking about prayer. And uh, I'm going to go into some things tonight uh, that's so important, simple, but really, really important. You know it, but people just don't think that this will make a difference in their lives and in your situation and the things that are happening to you. Father, I just ask that you speak to us tonight and give glory to your name as you minister to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, in Luke 18, verse 1, Jesus said, he spoke a parable, and I said, when Jesus speaks a parable, what he's doing is helping us in human terms to understand what's really happening in the spirit realm. There are two laws, or two sets of laws for us humans. There are spiritual laws, and there are physical laws. If you break physical laws, you suffer physically. <laughs> if you break spiritual laws, you not only suffer spiritually, but you also suffer physically. So the spiritual laws have dominion over the natural laws. So if you can stay with the spiritual laws, then you will make it in the natural because nothing can hold you back. That's what the Bible means that, that in Romans chapter 6, that what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for, for sin, destroyed sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of God might be fulfilled in us. If you walk by the Spirit, then you are not held by the things of the flesh. So there is this law that is above this, the law of the Spirit of life uh, in Christ Jesus that is above the law of sin and death. So if you are operating with the, in, in the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, then you don't have to worry about the law of sin and death. So spiritual laws or spiritual principles, they gain ascendancy over the natural uh, laws. And we need to understand that as Christians. That's why Jesus could walk on water. Amen. <laughs> he's spiritual. Well, it's a natural thing. It's, it's not possible to do it in the natural, but in the spirit realm, nothing can hold you back. When you are operating in that level, nothing can hold you back. So we need to understand these things. So he speaks a parable telling us that men ought always to pray. You must have a prayer life. It's part of your Christian life. If you're not praying at all and it doesn't bother you, then maybe something is really wrong in your experience. It's from the very day I got saved. I knew to pray. I would wake up very early in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm up praying. You know, at that time it was not, I enjoyed it. And still enjoy it today. And there's nothing to brag about. 5 o'clock this morning about, I was right here in the sanctuary. I don't have any problem. I just know I need to pray. It's survival for me. I don't know what I'm going to be encountering in the day. So I need to pray. Jesus has giving us that. If you can't pray, Jesus said, can't you even wait with me just one hour? So just one hour, that's the least you can do in the mind of Jesus. Think about it. And then Christians go for weeks without praying. Months sometimes. And it's usually this fast prayer, you know, over meal or when they're in trouble. That's all they do. You cannot walk with God doing that. He wants to speak to your life. 
My sheep hear my voice. Have you heard his voice lately? Do you even have time for him to speak to you? What has he spoken to you lately? You are a child of God. A child, if you are in your father's home, you ought to hear your father's voice. You know when your father is back from work, you know you, his voice. You can, you can tell, that's daddy. Do you know his voice? Do you even have the time to spend? And, and things are going crazy in your life and you wonder why. You're reaching out to men in different situations, coming up with solutions in your mind that you think will overcome something that is caused by something happening in the spirit realm. You can't beat a baby demon. You just can't fight with a baby demon and, and win. You need Jesus. And so with men, if you're a human being, if you're a child of God, you ought to pray always, not sometimes. You need to pray always, even when you are asleep. I do that. I mean, I don't know about you, but things bother me. And you open your eye, you turn, and then I say a prayer. I need help. You know? That's the way to overcome. I had this individual that was causing us, <coughs> excuse me, great trouble. And, uh, you know, I told my wife, I'm going to pray about this. But I don't know how this is going to turn out. But when, it turn, when it's all over, you're going to be okay. After I prayed, I said, give this guy one year. And you see what's going to happen. Guess what happened? At the end of the year, you won't believe what happened to the guy. Why? Because we, I think that time we spent time fasting and praying. Because it was a very tough situation. You can't help yourself. It's just human. There are situations that are way, way above us. There's nothing you can do. And you need God. That's why Jesus said we ought always to pray. Because we need help. You know, give us help from trouble. The psalmist said, give us help from trouble. The help of man is useless. He says. So the only way out of trouble is help from above. And Job says, a man born of a woman, he's had all his days full of trouble. So only God can deliver us. So for a Christian, you ought to pray especially because the devil knows that and believes you are his enemy. Because you have something in you that could light up the world, change lives, cause him to lose people from his kingdom. He knows there's that power in you, potential in you, if you recognize it, and to change things and make him lose people in his kingdom. So he doesn't want you to grow. If he can destroy you and wipe you out, yes, he wants to do that. That's why the Bible says he goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom to devour. Is he wanting to devour uh, unbelievers? No, devour Christians. So we ought to pray. You know, praying will build you uh, spiritually, build you up spiritually. That's how you strengthen yourself spiritually. It's like exercise, right? Now, spiritually, it is going deep. There's a lot of illustrations in the scriptures about this. 
you eat, right? You can get big when you, when you eat, right? But that's, are you going to get strong just by eating? Uh, no. You get strong by what? Exercise. You need... <laughs> Randy's looking at me. <laughs> that's your thing. <laughs>
out of his belly he who believes in me he who believes in me how many believers all of you who believe us he who believes in me out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water and john told us he was speaking of the holy spirit that those who believe in him should receive but that the holy spirit was not yet given because jesus had not been glorified but in john chapter 12 verse 16 they said, you know, they did all these things to Jesus. John was narrating, saying what happened. He says, but they didn't understand what was being spoken or what they were doing. But after Jesus was glorified, then they understood. So Jesus has been glorified. If you are a believer, you should be able to speak in tongues. These signs follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. These are scriptures. Are you a believer? If you are a believer, you should be able to speak with tongues. You do this speaking, the Holy Spirit will give the utterance. How can you say you are dealing with a supernatural God and there is nothing supernatural happening in your life on a daily basis? Speaking in tongues is supernatural. It's not a language that you learn. Think about it. When you speak in tongues, you immediately go into the supernatural. You move from the natural into the supernatural because you're not a, you, you don't make the words yourself. You don't understand what I'm saying? He's coming from the Holy Spirit. He drives you into the supernatural. That's what changes you. And I'm going to share some scriptures. I need to go into that a little bit. So if you haven't, please go into this. This will dissolve a lot of problems and resolve a lot of questions in your mind. God will begin to teach you. Remember what Jesus said? When he is come, he will teach you all things. How is he going to teach you? When is he going to teach you? You're going to pull a chair and say, Holy Spirit, sit down here and teach me now? How is he going to teach you? This is a supernatural thing that's been given to every believer. Don't neglect it. Don't let old teachings prevent you from receiving something that will, you know, usher you into something greater than yourself. Don't reject something that God gave to everyone. Everybody on the day of Pentecost spoke in tongues, right? Everybody. It's a clear sign that this is what God wanted for all his children. And when Peter preached on the day of Pentecost and the people came together, they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? Remember that? After Peter preached to them and they were struck in their heart, they said, men and brethren, now we know we crucified him. Now we know his reason. And we believe, but what are we going to do now? I mean, we, we, we're in trouble. He says, repent. And be baptized, every one of you. And you shall receive what? The gift of the Holy Spirit. How? The same way we receive. For the gift is unto you, to your children, to them that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. If the gift Peter is offering them, if they believe, is to as many as the Lord has called. Has the Lord called you? When you receive the gift, should it be different from what Peter had? 
that would be a respecter of persons, right? So don't, don't you just go there and say, I don't want this. It's not for me, it's for those people. You're just kidding yourself. If you are a believer, you can pray in tongues. These signs follow them that believe. They pray in tongues. They lay hands uh, uh, on the sick and they will recover. It's not pastor's job to lay hands on the sick so that they will, every Christian can. You know, back in Nigeria, let me digress a little bit because I need to emphasize this. <coughs> I had two Jehovah's Witnesses come to my door to preach to me and try to convert me to become a Christian. Uh, that was before I got married. And uh, it was Sunday morning, and I was in a hurry to go to church real and I, I, you know, I try not to be rude to people. You know, you you have to be nice to them. And but they 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 have a way of locking you into an argument. You know what I mean? And you can't go anywhere. And I'm saying, God, if I if if I go the way I'm feeling now, will be really rude to these kids. They were young men, and I said, God, please give me something to 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 dismiss them with. Uh, but something that will give them real trouble in their heart. And I was praying while my brother and my sister, they were saying, brother, somebody wants to, they want to preach to you. They like that. They were not saved. Somebody wants to preach to you. To them, they want to see this joke, you know, between me and, you know, the people, unbelievers like to watch Christians argue. (laughs) They sit and enjoy themselves. Who is going to win this battle? And so I came out and I said, God, please give me something. And and immediately he dropped something into my heart. And uh, so I went to them and I said, they said, sir, we want to preach to you. We want to talk to you about uh, becoming a Christian. I said, how can you, how can you preach to me uh, uh, and tell me, uh, show me how to become a Christian when you are not even a Christian yourself? And the guy looked at, two of them looked at me, we're not Christians. <laughs> so I could tell they were shocked. I said, oh yeah, you're not Christians. You're not Christians and you want to show me how to become a Christian? That's not going to work. They looked at me like, how could you tell we're not? So I said, oh, if you are in doubt, just give me your Bible, I'll show you. Oh, they were glad about that. So they gave me their Bible. I knew that one is not being mistranslated in their Bible. So I took the Bible. I read that before. So I took the Bible and I turned to John, uh, Mark chapter 16. I said, these signs follow them that believe. Read it again. Read it again, fellow. I said, Jesus is saying, this is how you can really tell those who truly believe in him. They said, yes, that's what he's saying. I said, well, let's, let's see how what he says happened. He says, uh, they shall cast out devils. And so I said, if you are a true Christian, have you ever cast out a devil? They looked at me and they said, no. I said, well, didn't I tell you you're not Christians? They looked at me. I said, well, let's go to the next one. And I said, they shall speak with new tongues. I said, have you ever spoken in tongues? What's that? No. I said, well, I told you, you're okay. You're not Christians. And I went down, laying down on the sick, and I told them, I said, ask everybody around here. I've been casting out devils. I said, this stuff you're doing, going from door to door, I do that all the time. So if that's what you're depending on, going to heaven, you're making a mistake. I do that. I knock on doors. And it's the truth. I knock on doors and I preach. They were looking at me. 
the young man who was the new disciple, uh, they were about to lose him because he was shaking his head. Yeah, this, this stuff makes a lot of sense. So I took them all through. I said, young men, you have been deceived. You are not Christians. I said, let me God help you. Open your eyes. All this stuff you are going on, hey, knocking on doors doesn't make me a Christian. I do that all the time. Ask my brother and my sister. They'll tell you. I was bragging, but I was trying to get to them. But the young man, the, the new disciple who was following, the, he was really, yes, yes. Uh, when they left, I figured they've lost that one. <laughs> He's not going to go back again. <laughs> He's found something new. Amen. But my point is, these signs follow them that believe. You are a believer. You don't follow the signs. They just follow you. Amen. They just fo- you don't try to speak in tongues. Just speak in tongues. Why? You are a believer. Why you make it so difficult? So you can brag about it and talk about how you sought the Lord and he baptized me with the Holy Spirit. So everybody thinks a big stuff. And this guy thinks, says, I was in the shower praising God. And the Holy Ghost came on me. So he's telling you to go to the shower and praise God so you can receive. Basically, they are wanting, look at me. I'm so this. Now, it's very simple. Receiving the gift is not the issue. What you do with the gift is the important thing. You see, the greatest man that the man that received the greatest revelation, Paul. He said, "I thank my God. I pray in tongues more than every one of you, including Pastor Andy." It's true. That's spoken by the Holy Spirit through Paul. That means there's never lived a man up till this day that spent time praying in tongues more than Paul himself. But Paul said in the church, I don't do that. So when was he doing it? At home. You see where he was getting his revelation? I'm glad you asked this question, okay? <laughs> Turn with me to First uh, Corinthians chapter 2. First Corinthians chapter two. That's why I always write the scriptures out because for me I'm clumsy when it gets to opening this stuff. Um, beginning from verse nine. And, and read carefully. But at, but as it is written, I have not seen nor hear heard nor entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has, is he going to reveal it? No. God has revealed them to us through what? The Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of man? which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of, the, of God except the Spirit of God. Verse 12, very important. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, 
but the spirit who is from God for what purpose? That we might know the things that have been freely given to us. See? It's the Holy Spirit that is going to reveal these things to you. If you don't have the Spirit, most of the time, what you hear is just words. The words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. If you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, it says, He who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to man. No man understands him. Howbeit, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. So when you speak mysteries... Are you speaking mysteries to impress God? He, please read it. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. You see, it's the spirit that was given to us that helps us to know things. Those mysteries are not for God. They are for us. As you speak those mysteries from your mouth in tongues, the Spirit of God begins to download those information into your spirit. And then you have understanding. And when that happens, you got faith. When that happens, you got faith because you comprehend what the Spirit is saying. He makes it clear to you. Look at what it says. For he who speaks in a tongue, verse 2, does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him. That means you don't understand what you're saying in tongues. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. When you speak in mysteries, you're going to impress God with the mysteries coming from your mouth? No. The mysteries are from your mouth to God so that the Holy Spirit, who searches all things, can download it into your own spirit. And then you gain understanding. Jesus did that for the disciples. When they were walking from the road to Emmaus, and he started showing them things, and they, they, they said, didn't our heart burn? They knew those scriptures, but they didn't understand them. But he was opening it to them. But Jesus said, I'm going to the Father. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and he is going to teach you all things. With how do you get him to teach you all things? Engage him. How do you engage him? Spend time praying in tongues. That's what Paul did. I thank my God, I pray in tongues more than all of you. That's why he was so great. Not in church, at home. I started doing that since in the 80s. And my life transformed. I, I, I have no fear of anything. I can pick something up and start teaching it. I, taught, I started teaching people on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I didn't know anything about it. I just read something, and I started studying, and God was teaching me, and I taught the class, and people started receiving the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Not tongues, gifts. Words of knowledge, prophecy, and all of that. They're still doing it today, some of them. Because I, got, I lost fear. Because God can teach me. I can understand the scriptures. And by the grace of God, I stay with what the scriptures say. And please understand, I'm trying to help us understand what's going on. You can be really great if you can spend a lot of time praying in the spirit. One hour. Don't even stop. You know, I was trying to cast out uh, many times when I cast out demons. If you've been with me on the field 
if, if once I ask them to receive the Holy Spirit, the demon manifests. I was dealing just past possibly this last week with somebody who was demonized. I was praying with them. Nothing was really manifesting much. But I told the person, I want you to pray with me and pray out strong in tongues, loud, as loud as you can. As soon as he did that, guess what? Started manifesting. They started living. And he laughed. He, was, he knew something was going on. It's a very powerful tool. Amen? It's a supernatural tool. But spend time praying in tongues. It's so important. Spend time praying in tongues. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to strengthen your work with God. Look at uh, Jude, Jude 20. That's the book next to Revelation. Jude verse 20. He says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. How do you do that? Praying in the Holy Spirit. If you want to build yourself in faith, amen, your faith, the faith that you proclaim, you want to be strong in that faith, pray in the Holy Spirit. You don't want to be shaken and you want to be grounded in your faith in God, pray in the Holy Spirit. Because the Spirit was given to us. That's 1 Corinthians 2 verse 12. It says that we have received this Spirit not of the world but from God. That we might know the things that have been freely given to us. If you will know the things that have been freely given to you, you will be praying in tongues. He's helped my life a lot. I like doing it. I enjoy it. But Satan fought it when I was a new Christian. He, he Sometimes he'll tell me, this tongue's not from God. You're just doing it. Other times he says it's of the devil. One day I told myself, shut up, Satan. Whether it's from God or not, I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to speak as loud as I could. And he stopped troubling, with, troubling me with that. But after that, I till tomorrow, I, it's, it's fun for me. That's when I do my battle. Everything that I'm praying most of the time is in my head. I pray in English in my head. But what you hear from my mouth is tongues. I wake up early just to pray in tongues. I read the story of a pastor. He said he would tell God after he's prayed for a while. I said, Lord, just give me a minute, please. I just want to rejoice in tongues. And he just go blasting in tongues all over and then come back to his prayer. And God is using him mightily, both in healings and all kinds of things. Uh, this is the thing. It's so important that we do this. Spend that time praying so that the Spirit will begin to bring information from God into your heart. And you, sometimes you will be praying in the Spirit and His voice will come to you in a very gentle way. Just stop. I want to speak to you. And God will start speaking to you. That's when you get a pain. It's not because I'm a pastor I'm teaching this. I've been doing this teaching when I was in a pastor. Telling people, this is the way it is. And many things he's spoken to me, they come to pass. Some of them, I'm still waiting for them. I know they will come to pass, but I don't know when. But he, take a pen, and you will know your father's voice. My sheep, hears my voice. The voice of a stranger, they will not listen to. They don't know the voice of a stranger. You belong to him. You can hear his voice. Don't let anything tell you in your heart that you don't belong to him. Even if you don't have the gift today, the reason you're here tonight is because God wants you. He knows his, his plan for your life. 
and he knows the gift will take you there. Amen? That's why you're here tonight. So there's no condemnation. Seek the gift and you have the gift. And but the most important thing, spend some time. Wake up early. Whatever you need to do. Stay late. Wake up in the night. Pray some. Go back to sleep if you have to. But make sure you're praying. Because if you're not, Satan will just bring so much trouble into your life and overwhelm you. And then you begin to lose heart or faint. That's the important thing. Amen? So we need to pray. Prayer will also bring deliverance from, uh, from affliction. Affliction is, is when you are battered. You feel battered, uh, tormented, depressed. Many Christians that I see, you know, they go through depression. When things happen to me, and can, do you mind if I use what, the way, what I, how I deal with issues, sharing with you? When things come at me and they're really strong, all I'm trying to do is look for a time to go and pray in tongues. That's all I do. And if I have to wake up early, I, I, I would do that. I, just to spend some time. That's what brings peace. And once I have peace, I know I've got my answer. Don't know what nature it will take, but now I've got peace. The problem is still there, but the Holy Spirit now, He's God in my heart. As the Bible says. The Holy Spirit was given to help us. You know, he's called a helper. You can't help yourself. I can't. Maybe you guys know something that I don't know. I need help from him. That's why I have to go to him. He's not a spiritual thing. I need help. So that's what we need to do. Make sure you go to him. You get delivered when 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 things come at you and you don't understand you can tell the story of hannah prayer hannah was tormented because she had no children penina troubled her and, and, and made her feel bad every year and i'm sure every time it was time to go to shiloh where they sacrificed it was a, it was a painful experience for this woman because she knew she was going to be mocked. Something that should bring joy to her, going into God's house, was bringing her a whole lot of pain. And this one year, she couldn't handle it. She was tormented with this thing. And so what did she do? She cried out to God in prayer. And God heard her prayer. And she was delivered. That's the thing to do. James chapter 5 verse 12 says, Is any among you suffering? Are you going through some difficulty, suffering? He says, let him what? Pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing a song. Is anyone sick among you? Let him call for the elders. He gives you what to do. If you are suffering, you're tormented, that's what to do. You pray. Paul and Silas, they were in prison. And they were tormented. And then at midnight, what did they do? They prayed and they sang songs. When you cry out to God when you're suffering, He delivers you. Don't cry to men. It's okay to let them know. But when you really cry out from the depth of your being, cry out to Him because that's where, where help will come from. God needs you to cry out to Him. Let Him know your pain. What's going on in your life. Sometimes the pain can say, God, why can't I understand scriptures? Good complaint to him. Because he will take you on on that. 
and start teaching you. Because there is hunger in your heart. God needs us to cry out to him. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 7, beginning from verse 7, it says, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. Notice, did you think God didn't see from the very first day that they started suffering? He saw it, but he did nothing until they started crying out. Huh? He said, I've seen it, and I've also heard their cry. You can be going through suffering until you cry out to him, you stay where you are. You remember the bl- blind Bartimaeus? He was crying out to him. That was his prayer. Have mercy on me. I need help, he said. But God says he heard their cry because of what's happening in their lives by the taskmasters. The troubles you have is coming from the enemy, not from God. But they're there because you haven't cried out to God. Sometimes you cry out to the point where you go on fasting. He's saying, God, I need help from heaven. And Jesus will not turn you back. He says, anyone who comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. He won't turn you back. So when you get him, you get, hold on, don't ever give up. Because he's going to come through for you. He will come through. He is God. He will come through. Just know that. That's what faith is all about. Amen? That's trusting God that he will do what he said he would do. He commanded you to cry out to him. He said they cried out to him because of their taskmasters and he heard from heaven. They see what he says in verse 8. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them from that land to a good and large land to a land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hevites and the Jebusites and all the Ites. <laughs> but the key thing, notice, he said, I heard your cry and I'm come down from heaven. Amen. When you cry out and he hears your cry, he leaves his throne and he comes down. And he's a respecter of no one. If you can cry and he hears, he's coming down. But you cry by reason of the affliction. Amen? And then he hears. And he comes down to deliver you. I have come down to deliver them. But notice how God delivers. He doesn't just free you. He takes you from where you were, (laughs) fills you up with gold, and puts you in a better place. I came down to deliver them and to take them to a better place. A place flowing with milk and honey. They don't have to suffer anymore. But the key thing is we have to cry out to him. Amen? We have to cry out to him. I think he he really loves it because you're saying, God, you are my only hope. When you're looking at elsewhere, maybe money or some man and whatever that's in his mind, that's adultery. Look to me. I am your husband. You know, he said that in Isaiah. He said, I am your husband. I'll help you. I'll take care of you. Amen. We have such a wonderful God. 
We have such a great God that loves us. We should be afraid of nothing. That doesn't mean we're not going to go through troubles. But we can trust Him. Amen? And He'll take care of us. And I think He pleases Him when we trust Him with our troubles. Especially when you can have rest. Even though you're going through the same trouble because you're trusting Him. He gladdens His heart. And boy, He comes down from heaven. So that you do it again. Amen? <laughs> so you do it again. And trust him in another, with another problem. And so he begins to teach you his ways. His ways. Because that's the way he operates. Amen? He's so important. We do this. Go to him. Cry out to him. Another thing is we need mercy. We need mercy. Sometimes you're going through some difficult times. And this is real. You're going through difficult times. Not because demonic forces are against your life. Okay? It's just because of something you did. Consciously or unconsciously. Demons don't care. <laughs> you played into their hands, they're coming after you. And they maintain their right to torture you. So what we need in a case like that is mercy. You cry out for mercy. And God will, will heed that and help you. You know, David did something. He went, he told Joab, he said, go and count the people of Israel. Joab said, that's never done. God said not to do that. David said, go ahead, do it. And Joab said, okay. Joab was the general. And they counted the people. And a plague came. And it was a bad plague. People were dying like crazy. And God, through his prophet, told David, you choose. Do you want me to deliver you to your enemies for punishment? Because I'm going to punish somebody for this. Or what do you want? You want me to take care of it? <laughs> David said, uh, Let me, we'll put ourselves in the hands of God. He, he's the only one that can show mercy. <laughs> <laughs> I need this mercy over my life. And so David said, give me to the Lord. Let him do with me what he pleases. But I know he's a merciful God. That's why you read in the scripture, for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Sometimes the trouble is because of something, maybe something your parents did. And now you're suffering from it. It's a generational curse, you know. How do you get rid of that? You ask for mercy. And then you can be free from it. When you ask for mercy. So mercy is, is, is very important. In uh, Lamentation chapter uh, 30, uh, 3 verse 22. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not. If it was not for his, if it were not for his mercy, we won't be here. Hebrews chapter four verse sixteen. I think I'll close here tonight. <clears throat> he says, "Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain what." When you come to the throne of grace, guess what you're trying to obtain? Mercy. And find what. Grace 
to help in time of need. First, you need what? Mercy. So we pray, we need mercy because things may be happening not for any reason. It may be something that you did. But God is saying, come boldly to his throne of grace so you can obtain mercy. You have to obtain mercy before you can find grace to help with your need. We need that. But if you're not praying at all, where would you find mercy? When you're not coming into the throne room at all for a month, you don't have any mercy on your life. And certainly no grace. And if you don't have grace in your life, guess what you suffer? Disgrace and shame. If you come into his presence to obtain mercy, then you'll never suffer shame or disgrace. That's what Isaiah 54 tells us. I will not suffer you to suffer shame, God said. I will not allow shame to come off on you. I won't even allow disgrace to come to you. That's why I can put myself in God's hand in this job that we are in. God, please, I don't want to suffer disgrace. I need mercy. Amen? And I need grace. Stand up with me tonight. For many reasons, I'm grateful to God because uh, God gave me the grace to live a good while as a Christian before becoming a pastor. So what I, what I share with people is what I'm experiencing and what has helped my life. And I encourage you, do the same. There are no stars in this faith. Amen? We are all the same. Amen? If you are willing and obedient... You shall eat of the good of the land. It doesn't matter who. If you're willing and obedient, if you would do the same thing, you'll get the same result even more because you heard and you believed and acted on it. Amen? He loves when people obey him. Let's lift our hands up to the Lord tonight and just tell him how you appreciate him. And if he is giving you revelation, probably he speaks to you more than what I'm saying from up here. And he may have given you revelation more than what I'm saying up here. If he has given you revelation, your eyes have been opened to something. The first thing you need to do is tell him, God, I thank you. That's your first step in obedience of faith. And then God will take you on. And things are bound to change in your lives. And that's my prayer for you tonight. That things will change in your life for the better. This may be the beginning. But the end, according to the scriptures, always better than the beginning. Father, we stand before you tonight. We are your people, O oh God. There are your people outside here, those that have not come in yet. We pray that you bring them in and that you help us to teach them to know you. And we want to know you, God. We want to know you intimately. We want your spirit to teach us all things as you spoke in your word, Jesus of Nazareth, we want to know the heart of God. We want to know the deep things of God. Share with us, O oh God, so that we can grow in God. 
and be your soldiers on the earth. Thank you, Father, for your grace. Thank you for mercy, Lord God. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you.